We want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are uh, grateful for everyone that's here today. And we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on my heart to share just real briefly. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Kings. Fourteen chapter of the book of First Kings. Joshua, turn me up a little. All right, that's good. All right, so um, we want to give you just a little. Well, we'll start reading here. Is everybody there? The fourteen chapter of the book of uh, First Kings. You know, um, the Word of God tells us that these things that were written aforetime was written for our learning that means that we're supposed to learn something from the word and I know a lot of people uh, they intentionally stay away from the Old Testament because they don't think that is uh, relevant today uh, but uh, we sometimes we go to it just to uh, learn some lessons that God want us to learn because we know that he's still the same God and he thinks about things in the same manner he does not change and so if we want to get a, a really good understanding of what God thinks about different things uh, concerning life uh, then uh, of course the, the old covenant especially is a is a good way to learn because there's so many different stories in it so is everybody there the 14th chapter of first Kings we're gonna start reading at verse 1 <clears throat> it says at that time Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. So let me, let me just stop right here. Let me re explain who, who, uh, who Jeroboam is. Well, let's give you a little history on where we are uh, in this particular chapter. When, of course, in the book of Samuel, um, God raised up Samuel for the purpose of being a prophet and he was also a judge, one of the last judges. Um, and the children of Israel, they complained and murmured because they wanted a king like other nations. And so God gave them a king. And so then we fast forward and now we're in some kingdoms, I guess you could say, where now the people of God are being ruled by a particular man and we go on down to King David of course after Saul and then from King David to Solomon his son and so God told Solomon that if he would walk in his statues and walk in his ways and follow after righteousness that he would be with him and that he would watch over him like he did his daddy King David now that is always a condition with God it doesn't matter how how what kind of relationship mom and daddy got uh, the children need the same type of relationship you see you see does everybody understand that you do not get to heaven by proxy you have to know God for yourself and so <coughs> going down to King Solomon God makes him that promise God makes him famous God makes him rich God gives him peace all around about so that he has no 
qualms or no war with any, anybody, any other nations. But King Solomon, he had a particular shortcoming. He loved women. And God had warned him about that and told him, you be careful. You watch out for these women because they will turn your hearts against me. Now, he was in the Bible, he was talking about strange women. In other words, women that were not uh, Israelites. And if they, since they were not Israelites, then that means that they served other gods. They didn't know anything about Jehovah to serve him. And so today, that strange woman is the woman who's walking without God. She can be your next door neighbor. <laughs> does everyone understand that? She does not have to be from a strange or a different country or a different nation or a different um, state or a different city to be a strange woman. Uh, she can be your next door neighbor, but if she's not serving the same God that you serve, then she's, she's an idolater. And so God warned him of that, but Solomon, um, he went down the wrong path. Now, it, it is something there. Uh, if you remember, the queen of Sheba came to see him because she wanted to see, she heard about all of this glory that he had and all these fancy things, and she heard about his wisdom. And so she wanted to see that for herself. And if you pay close attention, uh, you will see that's where his downfall began because she came to inquire of him and things like that, and then she reverenced him and gave him all kind of gifts. And uh, history tells us that she had a child for him. And she took that child on back to Africa, which those descendants are still there today. And so that began his journey on the road to having 700 wives and 300 concubines. And as he got older, the Bible says that he loved his wives. And so because they were not from Israel, they wanted to serve their own gods. One of the gods, the main god that they wanted to serve was the god Ashtaroth, which is where we get our term from Easter. And so that was one of the gods that, they, that he caused them to uh, serve in his, in his land. He set up all kind of um, altars uh, for them to sacrifice to their gods. And so God saw this and basically let him know that he wasn't pleased with it. And so his punishment was this. I'm going to take the kingdom from you. He did to him the same thing he did to Saul, except for David's sake, he allowed there to be a remnant that was reserved for David's seed to serve, to be king. And so he told him, I'm going to make you, I'm going to keep Judah in the line of David, where, but the other ten tribes, uh, they're going to serve another king. In other words, I'm going to split the kingdom in two. Judah is going to belong to David, the line, you know, the seed of David. And the other ten, ten tribes will go on and serve Jeroboam. But he said, I'm not going to do it in your day. I'm going to do it in another day. So the day came where King Solomon died and his son Rehoboam reigned in his stead. And so Rehoboam um, became king over Judah. Now, the kingdom of Judah, uh, it was really two tribes combined. It was Judah and Benjamin. But Benjamin was such a small tribe at that time 
uh, and you can read about why they became a small tribe, but they were such a small tribe that they weren't even really considered a tribe anymore. You know, they, they were so small, and so they were included with Judah. And so the other ten tribes went to the man who we're reading about here now, Jeroboam. So he was not of the line of David. He was, one, in fact, one of the generals and mighty men of David. Uh, but when, I mean, of, of uh, yeah, of, of David. And then when Solomon began to reign, um, he had asked Solomon towards the end of his reign if he would lighten the load. You know, your daddy was a hard man on us. And uh, so <laughs> Solomon said, no, I'm not going to lighten the load. And, and Rehoboam said the same thing, no, I'm not going to lighten the load. And so then Jeroboam, they rebelled. And they, they, every man went to his tent according to the word of God, and they began to, they made Jeroboam king. Now this was told to Jeroboam by a prophet. And in fact, this, so this is what we're picking up at. He's already become king, and he's beginning to do some wickedness. We're going to get into that a little bit later. And so the Bible says that his son fell sick. Verse 2, and Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise, I pray thee, and disguise thyself, that thou be not known to be the wife of Jeroboam, and get thee to Shiloh. Behold, there is Ahijah, the who? which told me that I should be king over this people. So he was a real prophet as long as he's telling them what he want to hear. But he was deceived <laughs> afterwards, apparently, because I could tell my wife to disguise herself. He's not going to know it's you. Isn't that something now? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 3, And take with thee ten loaves and cracknels and a cruse of honey, and go to him, he shall tell thee what shall become of the child. And Jeroboam's wife did so, and arose and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of his age. So his eyes became dim, so that he could not see because of old age. Isn't that something? Well, watch now. And the Lord said unto Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam cometh to ask a thing of thee for her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shalt thou say unto her, For it shall be when she cometh in, that she shall feign herself to be another woman. Now why was Jeroboam wanting to disguise his wife? Because he knew he was living wicked. And he didn't want the correction that would come with the wicked life. So he told his wife, you go, now he's going to tell you what's going to happen to the boy. You know, now he got, isn't that something? He got that kind of connection with God, but he ain't going to know who you are. <laughs> and even with blinded eyes, God revealed to him, this woman is coming. She's going to act like she's one person, but she's really Jeroboam's wife. She's going to want to know what's happened to her son. Let's go and keep reading now. Verse 6, and it was so when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, as she came in at the door, that he said, Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam. <laughs> Why feignest thou thyself to be another? For I am sent to thee with heavy tidings. 
Go tell Jeroboam, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, for as much as I exalted thee from among the people and made thee prince over my people Israel and rent the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it thee, and yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes, but has done evil above all that were before thee, for thou hast gone and made thee other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger, and hast cast me behind thy back. Therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam, and will cut off from Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall. We all know what that means. I'm going to cut off all the male children. And him that is shut up and left in Israel and will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as a man taketh away dung till it all be all gone. Him that dieth of Jeroboam in the city shall the dogs eat and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. For the Lord hath spoken it. Arise thou therefore, get thee to thine own house. And when thy feet enter into the city, the child shall die. Isn't that something? And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. Listen now. Listen. For he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found some good thing toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Now, isn't that a sad thing? When your little children, they outrank you in the kingdom of God. Isn't that something now? Verse 14. Moreover, the Lord shall raise him up, a king over Israel, who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam that day. But what? Even now. For the Lord shall smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water and he shall root up Israel out of this good land which he gave to their fathers and shall scatter them beyond the river because they have made their groves provoking the Lord to anger and he shall give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who did sin and who made Israel to sin and Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Terzah and when she came to the threshold of the door the child died and they buried him, and all Israel mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by the hand of his servant Ahijah the prophet. Does everybody see that? So now, you may wonder, why are we reading this story? Why did we go through this story? Y you could think that uh, it was Jeroboam's fault alone that his child died. One of the things that we want to share with you tonight is one bad decision in your life could mess up your whole family. One bad decision in your life. The child didn't have to die. And another thing we have to think about is, you know, if we're all connected, then we're all connected for a reason. If, if the only part of this you read was 1 Kings 14, like what we just got finished reading, you would think, well, Jeroboam is too bad. You should have just done right. You should have did 
you know, the things that the Lord commanded you. You should have followed after God like King David did. If you'd have just done right, which that's, that's true. If he had done right, God would not have judged his household to cut off all of his children and basically ripped the kingdom from his seed. Well, listen, nobody's here in this earth by themselves. Does everybody understand that now? I could make a decision that could affect all of y'all. I could choose to go out whoremongering and have none of y'all sitting here. Y'all all would go find another church. And it might not even be a church that preached the truth. And you might end up going to the lake of fire because of that lack of truth. But when it's all said and done, when I stand before God, I'm going to have to give an account for the souls that I affected. It is not just me. Just like it's not just you. The Bible tells us that we should not live unto ourselves. And so we have to be prayerful with every decision that we make. No matter how big or small we think it is. Because that, those decisions have a ripple effect. People that are connected to you will be affected by those decisions. Does everybody understand that? So those are things we have to think about. One decision, it could affect your whole life for the rest of your life and could affect generations after you. Just, just one bad decision. Does everybody understand? Now let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of 1 Kings. Let's go look at what we're talking about. One of these days, my prayer is that God's people will really get out of themselves. I mean sincerely. Consider other people. Consider what your decisions, how that's, how that's going to affect other people. You can't be so blind that you don't know that. Or is it that because you're, you're so selfish that you don't care? I'm telling you, one bad decision. It, it will affect you and affect people around you for the rest of your life. The day will come. See, wisdom lays it out. So everybody, because everybody don't have that wisdom like that to be able to have the foresight of it, we just go on with life. Oh, Poor Jeroboam's son, he died. That's just too bad. I guess it was his time. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe the boy was supposed to live a long life. But God took him early to keep him from being corrupted by his daddy. Does everybody understand that now? So at some point when things happen, we have to start taking inventory. Lord, why did this happen? I'm telling you, if we don't live that kind of life, let's, let's learn to live that kind of life. Lord, what, what made this happen? We don't have to go through life just blind and just think that stuff just happens. Does everybody understand that now? I had an auntie who was being mistreated by her husband before she gave her life to the Lord, before either one of them started living for the Lord. Uh, Y'all listen carefully. You've heard me tell this before, but we'll tell it again was being mistreated 
And the day came where the Lord saved her, for real. Saved her life, saved her soul. But she had a husband that liked to fight. And he was being cruel to her. And she would come home and she, he would come home from work and after she, after she has cooked him dinner, he'd come home from work and he'd say, I don't want to eat that. And he'd just take the pots and pans and just throw them out the window with the food in it. And the Lord would speak to her. Now listen, listen, when we're saved, we're saved. You, you, you could say, well, I wouldn't take that out. If you, if Jesus Christ took it. And if you're like him, you'll take a lot of stuff. One of the first things God take out of us is fight. Because you can't bring him glory fighting. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, he takes all that away, see. And so <laughs> after there was a time when she would have got with him. Yeah, she, she kept boiling water on the stove for a reason. She kept hot grits on the stove for a reason. But listen, thank God for the Holy Ghost. When he, when, listen, us getting saved ain't got nothing to do with what somebody else is doing. Our reactions change. I don't care what the world say, we change how we respond. Everybody understand? And so this auntie, she was saved for real. Where when he threw out the, the pots that day, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, you go get those pots, wash them, and fix them what he wants to eat. So that's what she did. She went and got the pots from outside. She washed them, and she came back inside, and she fixed him what he wanted to eat. Another day came where he was challenging her in something. And I guess the devil just rose up in him, and he punched her in the face. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, do not respond to that. Just ask him for a hug. And so instead of her punching back like she would in the past, listen, I, was, I saw all of this taking place. I saw the beatings. I saw what, what kind of fight they had in both of them. And instead of her punching him back like what she used to. She just looked at him and said, give me a hug. And he hugged her. That night, she woke up in the middle of the night about 2.30, and he was sitting on the side of the bed reading his Bible and crying. So you could say, well, she had a right, don't shouldn't nobody take that? She had, listen, we all got rights. We can all call the police. Yeah, we can all get some folks put in jail. And we can also care for people's souls. Does everybody understand that now? Listen, nobody gets saved without somebody suffering. Somebody's got to suffer. Does everybody understand? Now, I'm not advocating domestic violence. I promise you I'm not. But I'm telling you, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit when we're dealing with other people. We need to, just because that person went to jail in that family, don't mean we're supposed to be looking for a reason to put people in jail. Does everybody understand that? 
And from that salvation, a lot of people in my family got saved because they saw what saved looked like. Oh, yeah, we all grew up in church. We all had on our Easter outfits. We all sung happy birthday to Jesus. But that was a new level. It was some people that changed for real. We saw them fighting over card games. And then we saw them stand up in church and give their testimony. And both of them crying. Because there was a real change on the inside. Now why did God tell her to deal with it, to tolerate that? Because he knew there are souls tied to y'all. If y'all get saved, if y'all just do what I'm telling you to do, it, it's going to save the whole family. And so when they gave their life to the Lord, everybody in my family that thought they were saved began to do <laughs> an evaluation. I'm not saved like I thought. That, that's a real change there. Listen, because listen, a lot of times when we get saved is with conditions. I'm saved as long as somebody don't do this. I'm saved as long as you don't try me. And the devil knows if we got it in us. He knows if that fight is still there. And he's going to come and press buttons. Does everybody understand that? Before my wife and I, before we came to church today, I think she was in the bathroom, and I just yelled in there, oh, sweetheart, I thought you, I thought you said you loved me. She said, I, I do, I, I do love you. Why are you asking that? I said, well, why wasn't I told about these cookies that's on the cabinet here? You didn't tell me that our daughter brought cookies. Is she the one that brought them? Yeah. She said, well, I, I was going to, I said, no, I was going to wake up in the middle of the night and you was going to be eating them. That's what was going to happen. And then when you get caught, you go going to ask me, so you, you want some? I, I, I still got a bite here left. Now, I wanted to share that because like what we always say, offense is the devil. It may seem small, but some people get, would get offended at something that small. Listen, don't you play with offense because you can't direct and guide the devil on what you're going to get offended at. So you lay that offense down. Does everybody understand? There's nothing good that's going to come out of it. You, you may think, well, I'm just get, I just only get offended at big stuff. But pretty soon, cookies are going to be left on the counter. And that's going to be a fight between you and your spouse. Does everybody understand now? And so when my aunt got saved, she laid that offense down. She might not have known right up front what it was all for. But listen, she saw, she saw the fruit of her obedience. Does everybody understand? What we do in this life affects other people. There are people watching you. There are people depending on you to be obedient to the Lord. Does everybody understand that? 
All right, is everybody there? The 13th chapter of 1 Kings? Let's go ahead and read this just real briefly here. It says, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus said the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places and burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Now this was a real man of God, because Josiah was born about 115 years later. How did he know he was going to be called Josiah? Does everybody understand? Verse 3, and he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it, and it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which he had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up so that he could not pull it in again to him. Everybody understand that? So his hand was on the altar. When he saw the man of God prophesying against the altar, he pointed at the man of God and told the people to get him, lay hold on him. And when he went to put his hand down, he couldn't put it down. It stayed up. All right. Y'all picture that now. Verse 5, the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Verse 11, now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. Everybody see? And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, what way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, saddle me the ass, so they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me, by the word of the Lord. Everybody see that? 
Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. Everybody hear that now. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into the house, into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But what? He lied unto him. Everybody see that? This is a very, very personal set of scriptures to me. Some years ago, the Lord had showed me when I was still in my 20s that I was going to be pastoring a church soon. Now, I told a relative of mine that, who just so happened to live in Alabama. And she said, That's, you know, my bishop is looking to start a church in Birmingham. You would be the perfect person for that. And so she connected me with the bishop to talk to him. And his response was, you know, yeah, if you, if you move to Alabama, I, I'll finance it. I'll pay for your way to get here, you and your family. I'll, uh, I'll you know, I'll get you the church building. You know, I, I heard that you're a pretty good preacher. We'll, we'll start that church there. And then that night, I was reading the Bible, and the Lord told me to turn to this. I had never seen this before. And that's when I knew, no, I can't go that way. That's not whatever church God has for me to pastor. It's not in Birmingham. So I had to talk, call him back and tell him, no, I can't come there. I just read something in the Bible I ain't never seen before. <laughs> no, I can't come there. Does everybody understand that? So it's very personal to me. And I know for a fact, you know, what God thinks about these types of things. Let's go ahead and keep reading so you get it. Verse 20. Verse 19, let's read that again. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. Verse 20. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. Everybody see that? And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus said the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. Isn't that something? The same man, so-called prophet, that lied to him. Later on, the word of the Lord really did come to him, and he prophesied death. Does everybody understand? Verse 23, and it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to it for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and did what? Slew him and his carcass was cast in the way and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. Who sent that lion? 
God. Lions just don't kill people. They kill when they're hungry. If the lion was just being a lion that day, he'd have ate the man and the ass that he was riding on. But so it says that for a reason. The, the lion slew the man, killed him, and stood by the carcass and the ass that the man was riding on. Just, just here doing the will of God. Well, sorry, sir. Don't know, you know, don't know what you did. Everybody see that? So who sent the lion? You mean to tell me after this great exploit, after this great revival that was taking place, where he spoke a sign and spoke a name and people revered him and said, yeah, you are a real man of God. We see the signs. Man of God or no, you disobeyed God. I got to make an example out of you. Everybody understand that? God didn't give him a pass because he did something good one time. Does everybody understand? Now, if this is written in the Bible, it's in there for a reason. Our, we can't live this life of my good outweigh my bad. That's what got him in trouble. You're supposed to be good all the time. You don't get to watch, you don't get to read two hours in the Bible and then go watch Devilman on TV. An hour of it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Does everybody understand? No, you don't you don't you can't excuse bad behavior because you got a couple of points. You don't this ain't the casino. You don't get to trade in good points for devilment. Whatever they meant, whatever that might be. Does everybody understand that? God expects for you to be obedient at all times. All right, verse 25. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way and the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Isn't that something? And that's what people will do for you. I'm telling you, people have been trying it since I've been preaching. They will talk you into disobeying God and then God deal with you and they just going on with life. Oh, it's just too bad. Sorry. Hope you made it to heaven. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm not pointing my finger at nobody. I'm going to tell you what I learned from this. When God says something to me, he's going to have to come and tell me something otherwise. He's going to have to do that. Does everybody understand that? And from what I know, God don't change his mind. The, listen, it, it's been my experience and it's in the word of God. When God says something different than what he said the first time, it's to set you up. Ask Balaam. Does everybody understand that now? 
So let's read verse 26. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Listen, everybody see that? As if he had nothing to do with it. Therefore, the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. And he spake, un he spake to his son, saying, saddle me the ass. And they saddled him, and he went and found his carcass cast in the way, and the ass and the lion standing by the carcass. Everybody see that? They just both still standing there. The lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God, and laid it upon the ass, and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And it came to pass, after he had buried him, that he spake to his sons, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulchre wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. Everybody see that? Does everybody understand that now? But that's not where the story ends. Let's keep reading. Verse 33. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people priests of the high places, Whosoever would, he consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. Does everybody see now? And so then you go into the next chapter, which we started off reading. So Jeroboam gets judged by God. But let's read verse 33 again. After this thing... Jeroboam returned not from his evil way. Let's go back now to verse 7. Well, let's start reading verse 6. It says, And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, unto, restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. So, let's put this all together. This man of God, he goes down to Bethel. He prophesies against the altar. The man stretches out his hand, and Jeroboam stretches out his hand and tells him, Y'all lay hold of him. God makes his hand stay still right there. And he asked for prayer. Will you pray for me to your God to restore my hand back? He prays. God grants the request. And then all of a sudden, Jeroboam is interested in following God. Come home with me. I want to know these secrets you got. You the real deal. I ain't never seen nothing like this. You come home with me. But just like God told him, they'll go home with him. So Jeroboam got something to ride on. I've seen the power of God. I, can't nobody tell me that God didn't restore my hand back to me. 
But let's read verse 33 again. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil. In other words, went back to doing evil. Why? Because he saw a man of God disobey God. Somebody that he was connected to. Somebody that could have poured some word in him. He saw him disobey. And he saw the consequences of that disobedience. And in his mind, okay, so I guess you weren't the real deal. I thought you were, but I guess you weren't. And he went right on back to the evil. Does everybody understand that? So you understand now we're all connected. You can't do evil and it'll not affect somebody. Does everybody understand? We are not lone rangers. Jesus Christ said in the end times that the love of people would grow cold. In other words, we got people. They just out here making decisions, just doing what they want to do just because they can. Forget about how it affects other people. If you continue to read in 1 Kings and 2 Kings, you'll see time and time again, wicked kings are raised up in Israel and all of them getting worse than what they were before. Jeroboam was the forefather, or one of the forefathers of Ahab. Just wickedness, 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 wickedness. And one man could have stopped it had he chose to obey what God told him. But he disobeyed. And he caused generations and generations. That's, you, you might think, well, that was kind of cruel. Why didn't God tell him, well, look, you done messed up, but I'm going to give you a pass. If you hurry up and get out of this man's house in 10 seconds, you'll be okay. You got 20 seconds to get out of this man's house. Don't that seem kind of extreme? That God would slay that man after, after all that great work he had done? Don't it seem extreme that God would slay him? Not when you think about thousands of years of wickedness because this man disobeyed. So you see, it's not just you. God will judge you for stuff you don't see. You don't have to see it. Does everybody understand now? No, you ain't got to see it. <laughs> but God sees it. You, and, and see, today, you could take my word for it. Believe what you're hearing and, and reading in this Bible. You are connected to people. Your disobedience will cause other people to disobey. Your one act, one, just one act. This man, this man of God wasn't living a life of sin. One act of disobedience caused a ripple effect all throughout Israel. They went on serving other gods. Does everybody understand now? So let's not think it's just about us. Let's pray about every decision before we make it. This is, this is personal to me. You know, God takes his word serious. When he tell you to do something, you do it. 
And I know some of us, we grew up in church that wasn't nothing. We grew up in some stuff where, you know, we were just showing up to be encouraged. But I'm telling you, this is the same God. I don't care what you've heard preached. I, I've had to warn two people, at least. At least two people. Uh, along the same line of these scriptures here, with these same group of scriptures, don't you disobey what God told you to do. And today, they're both six feet under. Does everybody understand that? Both of them. And I'm not talking about ages ago. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Don't you play with God. You ain't, listen, you ain't got to find out the hard way that God is real and that he means what he says. Does everybody understand that? And, and ain't nobody, nobody excusable in it it doesn't matter who we are if God tell you to do something you do it does everybody understand that I'm pretty sure in my own life I have there have been times where I've disregarded the word of God he tell me to do something okay it, the first thing I say is that you and then I just go on and do what I want to do and then I find out later yeah it was you and you know sometimes the way the Lord answer is me is with a belt when ain't nothing going right, yes, it, yo, that was you. And you know, I, I used to tell my wife when we first got married and she was being contrary. I used to tell her, I said, I'm afraid of you. Why? Why are you afraid of me? I said, because you don't fear God. If you don't fear God, you'll do anything. You just think this, this Bible is just the Bible. It, that, that was just back then. That's just how I used to say, I'm afraid of you. Because listen, when people don't fear God, just, it's just all up for grabs, just whatever I feel like. And I meant that. I was afraid of her. Because I knew if she didn't fear God, she didn't fear me. I didn't want to wake up dead one morning, see. And when you read through these scriptures, you'll see sometimes where, where the men of God, they will say, there's no fear of, fear of God in this place. And my prayer is that we'll really take heed to what we've heard tonight. You fear God. You make sure you don't disobey that voice. Does everybody understand that? That's why I'm telling you, that's why I'd be so glad when God speaks to a person and not me. I'd be so happy about that. Because you can't put it off on me. That's what we see here. God himself spoke to this man of God. And then he let some false prophet come and tell him something different. 
and had to pay the ultimate price. Isn't that something? As sure as I'm standing here, I pray that you receive it. God will not be mocked. He is not a liar. Does everybody understand that? No, he ain't a liar. My prayer is that we'll really receive it tonight. Whatever God told you to do, you do it. I'm telling you, the time is getting short. We don't have time to play church. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, we have to get busy doing the, doing the things God has called us to do. Does everybody understand? And me personally, I feel like I have messed up enough in my past. I ain't got no more get out of jail free cards. I know it. But I want to do everything God has called me to do. I don't care how minute I think it is. I don't care how crazy it looks to other people. I don't care how unsure I am about it, just naturally so. I want to do everything that God has told me to do. Does everybody understand that? Because I know other people are counting on it. Does everybody understand? I know other people are counting on it. My prayer is, and I pray that you can ask yourself this question. Can other people count on me to be obedient to God? My prayer is you'll be able to answer yes. If you can't answer yes, get to the place where you can. It's time out for this. Well, I'm still growing. I'm still trying. I'm still, no, do it. You, my wife used to say, people are going to do what they want to do. That's what it boiled down to. My prayer is that you'll, if God told you to do it, my prayer is that you'll take it serious and do it. Whatever it is. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word. Thank you for speaking to us plainly. And God, we ask that you will let this word sink down in our hearts. Give us understanding, Lord. Help us not to take your word for granted. God, we pray for your mercy over us, Lord. Forgive us for the times we've been disobedient. Lord, forgive us for thinking about being disobedient in the future. Help us, Lord, to have a made-up mind to go all the way with you. Help us, Lord, not to be sidetracked. Help us, Lord, not to be so concerned with our lives that we don't live for others as well. Help us, Lord, to know that we're connected, that we need to do our part. Forgive us, Lord, for turning your grace into lasciviousness. Give us a made-up mind, Lord, to go all the way with you so that we can enter into your kingdom, Lord, and bring others with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you all. Thank God for letting us make it here safely. My prayers is that we will take heed to what was said and that we will uh, go home in peace and continue to meditate on the things we've heard.
All right, if that's all now, we're going to dismiss you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.